Hello and welcome to the Grin Podcast. I am Hindu Olson Gupta. Once again, we have a very special guest on the Grin Podcast today. Professor Lavanya Vimsani joins us all the way from Swansea State University, where she is a distinguished professor of history uh, at Portsmouth. And she is also the vice president of the Ohio Academy of History and indeed the editor of the Indic Journal, the American Journal rather, of Indic Studies. Professor Vimsani, thank you very much for being on the Grin Podcast. Hello, Hindal, and it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I want to begin, Professor Vimsani, by asking you, we are of course speaking on a wonderful day, which is it's Women's Day, and uh, happy Women's Day to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Women's Day. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was, of course, a great pleasure of mine to have met you a few uh, weeks ago. And I'm delighted to invite you on this podcast because what I want to talk to you about is something that you've spent most of your life looking at. The intersection, as it were, between gender and what I would call Eastern philosophies, including Hindu philosophy. And I would like to exp- uh, like for you to explain to us on this podcast to begin with how you look at the intersection between Eastern philosophies and Hindu philosophy with the word, with the concept, with the ideology of feminism and how does that differ from the Western idea of feminism? <laughs> right. Uh, you have two questions here. Uh, yes. The first one is, you know, <laughs> the idea of feminism uh, yes. as we find it in uh, Eastern traditions and how it differs from uh, the modern usage that we use. Um, uh, of course, you know, uh, India, uh, we can find uh, the concept of feminism, uh, but uh, the feminism, uh, the word itself is not found. Uh, as you know, right, uh, women's rights, of course, are... Um, explained in our uh, classical sources, the Mahabharata and the Ramayana, and the many characters that are described in the Ramayana and uh, Mahabharata uh, portray women uh, as strong characters and uh, in their versatile nature. Um, And we understand the women's rights through examining them. Uh, Even though the word uh, feminism are uh, women's rights are not used. And uh, your second question, coming to your second question, how does this differ, Uh, right? Um, Feminism, of course, we understand. uh, And as it is portrayed in the modern uh, from everything. uh, uh, So, uh, but uh, in uh, Eastern traditions and especially in uh, Indian traditions, it's actually not uh, so much of a deviance, uh, but uh, acceptance of feminine uh, in its true nature. Uh, the feminine nature in um, Indian tradition is described as, uh, sh- for example, two concepts. You know, there are a lot of concepts that describe the feminine, but uh, the most important are. Uh, Shakti and uh, Prakriti, uh, right? Uh, For example, if we take Shakti, uh, Shakti is uh, this pulsating energy um, inside everything. 
uh, and this is not uh, predictable the energy is unpredictable and spontaneous uh, and that's what you would see in the next concept also uh, prakriti it is spontaneous uh, and it is cannot be controlled once we control it it's not uh, helpful so uh, in the indian tradition uh, we see the feminine nature uh, the shakti uh, the prakriti uh, which is not controlled but co-opted uh, for uh, perfect life so the feminine is seen as equal uh, at the same time uh, also as spontaneous and uh, uh, energetic and how does this differ how does this concept differ from the western idea of feminism um the western idea of feminism uh, of course we already talked about it um western idea of feminism uh, emphasizes uh, more on deviance um rather than uh, co-opting so the male and female uh, and the traditional imagery of the male and female um and the female deviance from what is accepted and what is understood uh, as the traditional female role but in india uh, the traditional female role embraces uh, the feminine nature uh, as part and equal to the male prakriti and purusha as well as shakti uh, so um it embraces the femininity femininity uh, and the tradition does not restrict or does not um, present an image of feminine as controlled so uh, the indian concept of feminine uh, and uh, feminism is a little bit different it's not all about uh, deviance but it's about uh, embracing the spontaneity and the positivity and energetic nature of the feminine not going against something not going against the tradition or not going against something and some would ask at that point that you know even in india's great classical text even the two that you mentioned the ramayana and the mahabharat the two great epics there are many modern scholars or at least some modern scholars maybe not many but some modern few modern scholars uh, would question whether uh, the the main female characters for instance this entire thing about looking at the ramayana from sita's perspective whether the female characters in those texts are uh, actually um in a sense don't get their due i mean some people would argue that about sita some people would argue that about draupadi how do you look at this argument and where do you stand on this argument um uh, we, we have to see it as a journey uh and the feminine journey was not really examined uh and let's talk about uh, ramayana first uh ramayana of course valmiki states right in the beginning uh, right you know the story is not about um, two uh, living together but you know two living in sorrow so you know he sees this bird and then he conceptualizes the story right so uh, ramayana of course depicts the story of partners who stay together even though they are apart so the story is a little bit different uh, but it epitomizes the strong nature of sita and her strength to undertake the journey and each step uh, of the decision each step of the journey that she undertakes is taken by her right some scholars even questioned her um, 
question her veracity you know she questions she calls somebody names you know that kind of thing she is a strong woman she expresses herself she is uh, an expression of the femininity uh, as well as the feminism uh, that is represented by the tradition she is a strong woman she takes her decisions and she is free to question uh, when she finds something you know uh, questionable so um sita of course maybe uh, some people may find her you know uh, different but um she is a strong woman uh, she took her decisions and she took the journey as she wanted to take uh, and she completed her journey as a strong woman also the other thing that's perhaps not understood and perhaps you could get into it a little bit is that of course these texts were perhaps written different parts of them at different times right and um, some of the later later sort of additions to the to the text are right. from what you know the, the rama especially the end of the ramayana for instance was perhaps right. uh, written at a different date i mean there are all these speculations and and you know um the research going on on this and a lot of conversation right that this is probably right. not w- well understood that it is in a sense an evolving story i mean some would say the story of the ramayana and the story of the mahabharat is evolving even today right uh, of course you know we are seeing uh, new compositions of ramayana and new compositions of mahabharata um, but um, the story itself you know even if we don't accept the second part of the story the first part of the story itself uh, shows the strong character of sita right how many women uh, can actually take a journey you know exile is not easy yeah, it's losing name status uh, everything uh, so how many would take the journey how many would you know would be able to convince their husband to go on a journey like that so uh sita of course you know she shows her strong character um, let's the- talk a little bit about the other character that many people talk about sorry you were about to say something do go on when we are examining the feminine the journey is more important uh, rather uh, than the end the journey that's a very important point uh-huh the journey is what portrays the character fascinating um the other thing the other the character that a lot of people talk about is of course the character of draupadi in the mahabharat and i'm wondering if you would like to shed a little bit of light on how you see also another extremely complicated character extremely complex uh you know arc of it of her journey and how do you look at that character yeah oh so complex draupadi is the most complex character uh, anyone can examine uh, and of course you know lots of books are written about her uh, and volumes are written about her <laughs> three volumes on her uh, and she fascinates uh, still a fascinating character you know her her marriage her journey her uh, arguments in the court her argument her explanations in the exile her um, a lot of space is given to her in the mahabharata you know she is a fascinating character uh, she is certainly one of the central characters in that epic i mean both uh-huh. sita and draupadi are are really key to the story they are not peripheral characters by any stretch of imagination right you know, they are not peripheral that that itself shows right you know the centrality of feminism the fem- feminine is seen as equal they're not you know short characters coming and in one episode and disappearing 
they have a voice and they also undertake activities and the other thing of course is um, it also in the journey of the indian literary imagination should i say the hindu right. literary imagination right. there's also a journey right i mean as you see the society becoming more and more complex it seems to me that the reflection of that complexity um, is in the storyline right i mean sita's right. story has a certain degree of complexity but by the time we come to draupadi in the mahabharat society in a sense seems to have changed and therefore the storyline and the arc is far more complex um that in a sense perhaps um, to me has always suggested a, a a sort of society and literature talking to itself all the those thousands of years ago in a rather unique way uh, right. what, what do you think of that yes um the journey itself uh, captures uh, the imagination at the same time also the complexity and uh, the, the the complexity the society was uh, undergoing at that time um, you know there there are a number of female stories depicted many of them are depicted as journeys and many of them uh, involve exile uh, some of them exile in forest uh, with their partners with their uh, families uh, and some of them involve involve uh, not even this world you know this is otherworldly journeys you know the, you also see the spiritual journeys uh, for example savitri right yes so, yes uh, so a little bit about savitri you know <laughs> just a little bit about what you think of savitri oh savitri is another fascinating uh, character um she is um she's a woman she's asked by her own uh, father to choose her own husband right you know and she goes on uh, she takes her own chariot she goes on a quest so her first part of journey is this quest and then she finds her husband uh, and then she finds out uh, that you know satyavrata is not going to live you know she finds out about it and then uh, of course she's still um, the strong woman that she is right she's she's taking the journey she is going to achieve what she wants and she is going to be uh, continuing to uh, hold it you know e- even if it is very difficult she is not someone she is going to give up right so uh, yama comes and of course uh, she um, continues her journey uh, with yama and she goes on with him to this uh, yamalokam and then she tricks right she asks this Uh, finally yama is tired and he says okay tell me what do you want i can't give you your husband but you know uh, ask me a boon that you like right uh, and then she asks i need children uh, and then um, he's tricked right you know the yama cannot do anything he has to give her uh, her uh, husband's life back right so savitri is uh, a very very fascinating character uh, she represents this uh, the feminism that we are talking about you know the freedom of choice the strength of character as well as the ambitious and spontaneous nature of women right as we come to the end of this interview i want to talk a little bit about the multitude of characters you know uh, that are sprinkled across um, indian faiths and philosophies um which give us a sense of the depth and the spread and the breadth of the way feminism in a sense has been thought of 
and two particular characters I want to discuss as we can conclude. One of them was the great wild mystic who was sacked <laughs> most of her life, the mm-hmm. great Kashmiri poetess Lal Dair. Right, you know, right. she of those some of the most surreal poetry ever written uh, from our part of the world, uh, which is the uh, Indian part of the world, and um, and Mirabai eternally um, sung, and perhaps as long as you know human beings live, the songs of Mira will be sung. Again, a woman who leaves her uh, king, a uh, husband who's a king, and and goes in search of love of Krishna. And she says that, you know, I am in love with only one um, entity, should I say, and yeah. that is Krishna. My lover is Krishna, um, or God, as it were. And I wanted, to, I wanted you to talk a little bit about these two characters, um, one by one, to ask you what you thought they represented and their stories represented in our um, the Eastern way of thinking about feminism. Right. Um, it must seem strange, uh, Hindalji, you bring it up, uh, bring the female saints, you know, uh, but um, these female saints actually represent uh, feminism perfectly, you know, uh, they, they contain deviance uh, and of course uh, morality simultaneously, right? They undertake this journey. Uh, Lal, Lal Dead, of course, you know, uh, she embraces nudity. Uh, which is, you know, an anathema. Uh, women uh, supposed to be modest and all that. So, uh, she she embraces uh, nudity, but at the same time, her uh, ex- this is the freedom of choice. And then her expression is valued, and her spiritual journey uh, is valued. Right? Her she's successful in her spiritual journey, and then she expresses. Uh, this journey, uh, spirituality, uh, which is accepted and understood. She's a relatable character uh, for many of her followers, right? Uh, and the same thing with Mirabai, right? Mirabai, um, Sorry, we seem to have lost you there a little bit, uh, Professor Bimsani. Right. Could you repeat that again? What did you uh, say? Um, Mirabai leaves her life of com- comfort yes. uh, to live as a recluse. It's not easy to live as a recluse uh, with, with nothing, right? It's it's another yes. journey. It's like going into exile, right? Yes, uh, absolutely. Home, losing everything. But she completes her journey, her spiritual journey, and she's successful in her spiritual journey. And then she expresses her spirituality, which still uh, is found um, many followers right so yes, of course many of them uh, took the difficult journey the difficult journey not of, not of this world but spiritual journey of the other world successfully but uh, they are also deviant at the same time because they embraced the things that were not commonly associated with women Right. So, so Indian uh, feminism, the traditional concepts of feminism, uh, has many models like this. There are many female models that display multiplicity of feminine models, which show the concepts of modern feminism as we understand: freedom of choice, expression, and you know. Uh, so, um, Mirabai and Laldeed uh, are. Uh, epitome of this expression of traditional feminism and like 
like in everything else this uh, intertwining uh, in conclusion perhaps just a little bit about this intertwining of the idea of spirituality and the idea of feminism because a lot of contemporary conversations of feminism is quite devoid of this idea of of of, of spiritualism right i mean right uh, there isn't there isn't a, that um, it's almost like it's purely materialism you know i mean the whole idea of feminism as as we talk about it today while extremely urgent and important is really at the material sphere but uh, in the indic imagination in the eastern imagination so to speak we find this entire strain of fusing as the east does in in most cases spirituality with the idea of feminism maybe you could talk a little bit about that in conclusion right um spirituality is also uh, considered an important aspect of life and uh, you you're right in the um, many uh, thinkers of modern feminism nowadays uh, talk more about um, influence more about materialism uh, but um, indian uh, feminism offers different models uh, india is all about multiplicity right uh so there are many models of feminism uh, but we also have feminist models of spirituality um laldeed uh, mirabai of course when we come to southern india uh, we have um, akkamahadevi and uh, andal uh, yes, all of them saying yeah the right. the female saints all of them gave up the life of comfort and luxury uh, choosing us a little bit to our to our listeners tell us talk to us a little bit for maybe a couple of minutes about akkamadevi and andal you know the great poetry of andal right um yeah sure uh, akkamahadevi um as you know is a shaiva saint um, that's right and like uh, lal dev she also embraced the yes. nudity uh, and that's she lived in the uh, 12th century um and her spirituality is well recognized uh, and other male saints of uh, shaiva saints at the time contemporaries uh, also accepted her uh, as an enlightened uh, sage uh, so uh, yes. so uh, in embracing uh, nudity of course she she is deviant but at the same time her spiritual journey uh, and her path of success um, gives us an image of spirituality and spiritual success uh, which is open to women you know even though it is non traditional right you know somebody going yes. new and uh, undertaking a path of spirituality is uh, non traditional but it is acceptable uh, she is accepted as a saint um, and if we come to andal uh, we know tirupavai uh, it is read uh, lovingly read uh, during um, you know during the month of uh, dhanurmasam uh, in january um, that's right Yes. in uh, almost every temple uh, in southern india uh, she is the beloved um, woman uh, in uh, shri vaishnavism she dedicates herself she decides that she is going to follow and choose uh, shri ranganatha as her husband and none else uh, and so in a sense she has quite like akama devi has a journey parallel to lal dev ananda uh-huh. has a journey in a sense parallel in a in many ways to mirabai isn't it right right they choose their partner uh, and then they take this vaishnavism you yeah. know in a sense uh, in the tradition of of the worship of vishnu uh-huh very very uh, unconventional but uh, at the same time accepted 
right? They they are all accepted as saints, and their journey is well regarded, and their poetry is uh, read uh, as a spiritual journey. So um, this gives us uh, another path of spirituality. So uh, India, uh, of course, uh, Eastern tradition. Uh, we have um, many feminine characters who are heroic. undertake the journey along with their partners at the same time we also have uh, saints who undertake spiritual uh, journey uh, and the most important point here uh, is the shakti and prakriti the aspect of you know spontaneity and freedom of choice and expression um, you know they have a choice to undertake and they have undertaken that journey and they have completed it successfully uh, we see that in uh, in a number of the characters that we find in our traditional literature as well as historical uh, biographies like uh, we discussed you know the saints now absolutely fascinating uh, professor lavanya vemsani thank you so much for sparing time to talk to us a very happy women's day to you once again Oh thank you so much thank you so much that you took time to speak to us today thank you oh, it's my pleasure pleasure is all mine thank you so much